Chapter 7, Seeds of Fear Question. I have often wondered why your opposition, what we earthbound call God, does not annihilate you. Can you tell me why? Because the power is as much mine as his. It is as available to me as to him. That is what I've been trying to get over to you. The highest power in the universe can be used for constructive purposes through what you call God, or it can be used for negative purposes through what you call the devil. And something more important still, it can be used by any human being just as effectively as by God or the devil. You make a far-reaching claim. Can you prove your claim? Yes, but it would be better if you proved it for yourself. The devil's word is not worth much among you earthbound sinners, neither is God's word. You fear the devil and refuse to trust your God. Therefore, you have but one source available through which you may appropriate the benefit of universal power, and that is by trusting and using your own power of thought. This is the direct road to the universal storehouse of infinite intelligence. There is no other road available to any human being. Why have we earthbound not found the road to infinite intelligence sooner? Because I have intercepted you and led you off the path by planting in your minds thoughts which destroy your power to use your minds constructively. I have made it attractive to you to use the power of infinite intelligence to attain negative ends through greed, avarice, lust, envy, and hatred. Remember, your mind attracts that which your mind dwells upon. To divert you away from my opposition, I had only to feed you on thoughts helpful to my cause. If I understand what you are saying, you are admitting that no human being need fear the devil nor worry about how to flatter God. That is it precisely. This admission may put a crimp in my style, but I have the satisfaction of knowing it may also slow down my opposition by sending people direct to the source of all power. In other words, if you cannot control people through negative bribes or fear, then you wish to kick over the entire apple cart and show people how to go directly to God. Are you by chance in politics too? Your technique seems frightfully familiar. Am I in politics? If I'm not in politics, who do you believe starts depressions and forces people into wars? Surely you would not lay this at the door of my opposition. As I've already told you, I have allies in all walks of life to help me in connection with all human relationships. Why don't you take over the churches and use them outright in your cause? Do you think I'm a fool? Who would keep alive the fear of the devil if I subdued the churches? Who would serve as a decoy to attract the attention of people while I manipulate their minds if I did not have some agency through which to sow the seeds of fear and doubt? The cleverest thing I do is to use the allies of my opposition to keep the fear of hell burning in the minds of people. As long as people fear something, no matter what, I will keep a grip on them. I am beginning to see your scheme. You use the churches to plant the seed of fear and uncertainty and indefiniteness in the minds of people. These negative states of mind cause people to form the habit of drifting. This habit crystallizes into permanency through the law of hypnotic rhythm. Then the victim is helpless to help himself. Is that right? Hypnotic rhythm, then, is something to be watched and respected. Answer. A better way of stating the truth is that hypnotic rhythm is something to be studied, understood, and voluntarily applied to attain definite desired ends. Question. If the force of hypnotic rhythm is not voluntarily applied to attain definite ends, may it be a great danger? 
Yes, and for the reason that it operates automatically. If it is not consciously applied to attain a desired end, it can and it will operate to attain undesired ends. Take the simple illustration of climate. Anyone can see and understand that nature forces every living thing and every element of matter to adjust itself to her climates. In the tropics, she creates trees which bear fruit and reproduce themselves. She forces the trees to adjust themselves to her scorching sun. She forces them to put out leaves suitable for protection against the rays of the sun. These same trees could not survive if removed to the Arctic regions where nature has established an entirely different climate. In the colder climate, she creates trees which are adjusted to survive and to reproduce themselves, but they could not survive if transplanted in the tropical regions. In the same manner, nature clothes her animals, giving to those in each different climate a covering suited to their comfort and survival in that climate. In a similar manner, nature forces upon the minds of men the influences of their environment, which are stronger than the individual's own thoughts. Children are forced to take on the nature of all influences of those around them, unless their own thoughts are stronger than the influences. Nature sets up a definite rhythm for every environment, and everything within the range of that rhythm is forced to conform to it. Man alone has the power to establish his own rhythm of thought, providing he exercises this privilege before hypnotic rhythm has forced upon him the influences of his environment. Every home, every place of business, every town and village and every street and community center has its own definite discernible rhythm. If you wish to know what a difference there is in the rhythm of streets, take a walk up Fifth Avenue, New York, and then down a street in the slums. All forms of rhythm become permanent with time. Does each individual have his own rhythm of thought? Yes, that is precisely the major difference between individuals. The person who thinks in terms of power, success, opulence, sets up a rhythm which attracts these desirable possessions. The person who thinks in terms of misery, failure, defeat, discouragement, and poverty attracts these undesirable influences. This explains why both success and failure are the result of habit. Habit establishes one's rhythm of thought, and that rhythm attracts the object of one's dominating thoughts. Question. Hypnotic rhythm is something resembling a magnet which attracts things for which it has a magnetic affinity. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. That is why the poverty-stricken herd themselves into the same communities. It explains that old saying, misery loves company. It also explains why people who begin to succeed in any undertaking find that success multiplies with less effort as time goes on. All successful people use hypnotic rhythm, either consciously or unconsciously, by expecting and demanding success. The demand becomes a habit, hypnotic rhythm takes over the habit, and the law of harmonious attraction translates it into its physical equivalent. Question. In other words, if I know what I want from life, demand it, and back my demand by a willingness to pay life's price for what I want, and refuse to accept any substitutes, the law of hypnotic rhythm takes over my desire and helps, by natural and logical means, to transmute it into its physical counterpart. Is that true? That describes the way the law works. Question. Science has established irrefutable evidence that people are what they are because of heredity and environment. They bring over with them at birth a combination of all the physical qualities of all their numberless ancestors. After they arrive here, they reach the age of self-consciousness 
and from there on they shape their own personalities and more or less fix their own earthly destinations as the result of the environmental influences to which they are subjected, especially the influences which control them during early childhood. These two facts have been so well established there is no room for any intelligent person to question them. How can hypnotic rhythm change the nature of a physical body which is a combination of thousands of ancestors who have lived and died before one is born? How can hypnotic rhythm change the influence of one's environment? People who are born in poverty and ignorance have a strong tendency to remain poverty-stricken and ignorant all through life. What, if anything, can hypnotic rhythm do about this? Answer. Hypnotic rhythm cannot change the nature of the physical body one inherits at birth, but it can, and it does, modify, change, control, and make permanent one's environmental influences. If I understand what you mean, a human being is forced by nature to take on and become a part of the environment he chooses or the environment that may be forced upon him. That is correct, but there are ways and means by which an individual may resist the influences of an environment he does not wish to accept, and also a method of procedure by which one may reverse the application of hypnotic rhythm from negative to positive ends. Question. Do you mean that there is a definite method by which hypnotic rhythm can be made to serve instead of destroy one? Answer. I mean just that. Tell me how this astounding end may be attained. Answer. For my description to be of any practical value, it will be necessarily lengthy because it will have to cover seven principles of psychology which must be understood and applied by all who use hypnotic rhythm to aid them in forcing life to yield that which they want. Then break your description into seven parts, each giving a detailed analysis of one of the seven principles with simple instructions for its practical application.